Hello there, Charmaine here, and welcome to Heart of a Daughter podcast. I am your host, and I'm happy to announce that joining me today will be Miss Carmen Bride. Miss Carmen will be sharing with us some of her testimony and her life story of how she defied the odds and the barriers against her life. I want to thank you guys for your continued support, and I want to ask that you share this with a friend, share it with someone that you think may benefit from it, and just let you know that I appreciate you for listening. So thank you guys so much again, and I want to say stay tuned and enjoy. Hello there, Charmaine here, and welcome to Heart of a Daughter podcast. I am your host, and I have here with me today Miss Carmen Bride. Miss Bride, it is such a pleasure to have you here with me, and I'm going to ask that you would tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I am 31 years old. I am married to Mr. Bradley Bride. We have five beautiful kids. Um, been married almost eight years. We live in Columbus, Ohio. We attend Livermore Church. And um, we, yeah, I'm not sure what else I could say. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I love your family. Um, so I am going to kick it off and just start with the first question and ask if you can tell us a little about your upbringing. Um, share with us some things about your childhood experience. Sure. Um, so I am from Marion, Ohio. I was born there and raised there for a lot of my childhood. Um, I have two sisters. I have an older sister and a younger sister. I love them very much. Um, I have, obviously, two parents because everybody does. <laughs> um, both of my parents are married. Um, they, Growing up, they did struggle with drug and alcohol abuse, which kind of caused them to split up when I was younger. Uh, my dad, when I was about three or four, he did leave the home. Um, And he was gone for most of my childhood. So that left my mom to kind of raise us alone. And she pretty much did the best that she could trying to raise us. And um, during that time, she was basically trying to balance raising us with um, dealing with her, you know, her addiction with with the drugs and alcohol. And so when that kind of became to be too much, we ended up uh, in foster care for a little bit and kind of living with relatives from time to time until she could finally get clean and get full custody of us. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, and so we were kind of poor growing up, but my mom, she always did everything that she could to make ends meet. And so, you know, for that, I'm very grateful for that. And so, um, yeah, but since then, my mom has been delivered from her issue with drugs. So thank God for that. Yeah, that's a blessing. Definitely takes a strong woman to manage all of those things. Absolutely. So how was your relationship with your siblings? Did you have any or? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Can you share so, a little bit about that? So I'm the middle child. Um, you know, growing up, me and my sister, we were like typical kids. We used to fight all the time <laughs> growing up, but we're close now. I absolutely love them. Um, we went through a lot, you know, but each of us, we've grown up to be so successful, and I'm so proud of both of my sisters. Um, as far as, like, my relationship with them, um, now, like I said, we're really close. So, yeah. yeah. That's a blessing. So, 
So, um, what was it like for you education-wise? Did you have any challenges learning or like getting along with peers when you were younger? Um, education-wise, yes. I uh, did have some issues, especially in elementary school. I really struggled. Uh, they, they tried to put me in remedial math classes um, in the third grade. Uh, they basically just wrote me off as slow, and I, I actually agreed and believed them. Felt like I really didn't fit in uh, because both of my sisters were actually on honor roll. Um, so what what kind of happened, though, is as I got older, I discovered I actually wasn't dumb or slow at all. I just learned differently. So, for example, like just to give you an example, a normal person, like if, if you had a simple math problem, like 24 plus 6 equals 30. Mm -hmm. my, in my brain, I think, okay, 6 plus 4 equals 10. So you would take 10, you add that to 20, that gives you 30. Mm -hmm. That's how my brain works when, when someone gives me that math problem. So basically, my brain will take all these little extra steps to solve that simple problem. Yeah. And so, you know, when I was younger, I didn't realize, okay, you just learn differently. You're not dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so it took me a while to kind of come into myself and, you know, to realize this is, how your brain works and you just have to do it this way to get the right answer. Um, and it just, you know, it's just ironic because, you know, that same child that they try to put in those remedial math classes that had to go sit with the second graders while everybody else was doing their math, mm -hmm. you know, I now have an associate's degree in finance, you know, I have six financial licenses and I'm only two classes away from my bachelor's degree in finance. So incredible. it's like God has a sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And uses the foolish things to confound the wise. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So exactly. I know you had you faced a lot of challenges as mm -hmm. a child and then like had a lot of labels put on you, obviously. Mm -hmm. So like how do you how would you say that caused you to like view the world around you? Or even mm -hmm. like how how did that um, cause you to view yourself? Um, as a child, I think I internalized a lot of the issues that I faced. So like I had, I struggled with self-esteem. I really didn't like myself. I kind of like, I took the rejection from like my father leaving and the issues that my mom struggled with. I internalized those things and I kind of blamed myself for them. I just, I didn't understand like you're a child and it's not your fault. Yeah. But, you know, thank God that, you know, he kind of placed people in my path to love me and to, um, you know, to show me, you know, you're just a baby. You don't know, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I just thank God that eventually, you know, things got better Yeah. for everybody, you know? For so. sure. So, um, once you became a mom, how would you say life was for you? Like once you took on the role as a mother? Um, so I was actually 17 when I got pregnant and I was, by the time I had my son, I was 18 and obviously very young. And I thought, you know, I just knew I had life figured out. And so I decided, okay, I want a legitimate family, so I'm just going to get married just to make my family legitimate, even though it, it wasn't the right thing. So things didn't work out. And so I got married when my son was three. We divorced by the time my son was five. Um, you know, me and my ex-husband, we do get along for the sake of our two kids. Um, and he also gets along very well with my husband, Brad. 
But having my son really caused me to mature. Um, and it basically made me want to do something with my life. I knew that I needed to go to school. I knew that I needed to actually like get a, a good job to start working so I could provide for him. Um, it really gave me a sense of urgency because I knew that my son was worth it. I knew that I wanted to give him the world. I knew that I didn't want him to have to face a lot of the obstacles that I faced as a small child. Um, so those things, basically, um, when I say like having my son matured me in that sense, it, it definitely affected me in that way. Yeah. So what were some obstacles that you faced as a mom and how were you able to be resilient when you faced those difficulties? Um, I would say, you know, having kids young, definitely face some obstacles. Sure. <laughs> Initially, um, there was that obstacle of still wanting to be a child, but having to grow up fast uh -huh. and having to accept my responsibilities as a mom. That was an obstacle for me. Um, having to rely on government assistance like food stamps and welfare and not being able to make ends meet and having that cycle of poverty, you know, uh -huh. and just not having enough and, you know, being afraid of going through what I had gone through as a child. Um, that was an obstacle. Also being being looked down on because I was a, you know, teenager having a baby and I was actually the first in my family that, you know, made that mistake of having a baby as a teenager. And everybody else was like scholars and having scholarships and going off to college, you know. Wow. So that was an obstacle and I felt, you know, shameful because of that. Um, so also, you know, trying to go to college and trying to raise a baby, that was an obstacle. But at the same time, I did have a village of people that supported me when I had my baby. Mm -hmm. So, um, I stayed with my aunt Gina who lives in Marion and my mom. And so I'm so grateful for her. She is a God, a God fearing woman. She's very devout. Um, and she, you know, she showed me love and, she prayed for me. She allowed me to stay with her um, for a while, you know, after, until after I had my son. Um, after he was a few months old, I moved to Columbus with my grandmother until I could get my own place and um, until I can get on my feet. And eventually I did get my own place. And so I'm grateful for my village. And so that is where the re resiliency kicked in. Absolutely. So that is how I kind of faced those obstacles. Absolutely. So did you ever reach a point where you felt like things were too much or you wanted to give up? And can you elaborate a little on that? Mm -hmm. um, definitely in the early years of being a single mom and being a broke college student. On welfare, <laughs> I mean, you feel like, you know, oh, my efforts are, you know, futile. You feel like there it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, especially when you're first starting out, you're like, oh, my God, I have so many classes to take. And even if I get this degree, there's no guarantee I'm going to get this job. Yeah. But you just, you can't give up because every time you look in that little face, like they're depending on you, that child is helpless. Yeah. So it's definitely worth the sacrifice. And you just feel like I can't stop. I can't. Like, this is my purpose. This is my child. So Absolutely. yeah, there were moments, but I couldn't give up. Absolutely. So what really helped you overcome these hard seasons in your life? Um, as a child, I would say having people like my aunts, like my Aunt Gina, just 
um, you know, other influential people like my other aunts and uncles and just people in Marion, Ohio, my mom, um, people that, you know, loved me and cared for me before, you know, I could care for myself, people that looked over me and obviously the Lord, um, of course, you know, my faith in God has always helped me overcome the tough seasons of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, he's always been so faithful and, um, just God's word, you know, when I forget, you know, his promises, I can go back to his word and be reminded of his yeah. promises to me. Sure. Um, but yeah, most definitely, you know, my faith, those, those first seeds of faith were, were, uh, planted by my family. Like, you know, I, I kind of grew up in church and they, they are the ones that introduced me to the Lord. So, yeah. So when did you first come into relationship with the Lord? Like, I know you said, obviously you were saved when you were a child, but when mm -hmm. do you think that it actually really like stuck with you? Yeah. Um, there was a point when my son, when I first had Isaiah, my oldest son, he's about 13 now, but when he was about one years old and I was at that point where I was struggling between wanting to be a teenager and actually accepting my abilities and or not my abilities, but my responsibilities as his mother, um, I have my own place. And I, at this point I had sent my son to stay with my mom for a while. So I could just have some freedom because at this point, you know, I had just graduated high school. So I was really just a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was partying all the time, like partying hard. I was drinking, I was smoking. I was basically just living a life that did not glorify God at all. And so one day, um, my son's aunt Shara, who is his dad's sister, called me and she asked me to come to church with her. And I said, okay. So um, she, attend, she attended Living Word Church at the time. And so I went to church with her and that day I got saved. And so ever since then, I've been a member of Living Word Church and that was in October of 2009, which was about 12 years ago, almost 13 years. So. Wow. Yep. So I've been there ever since. <laughs> that's beautiful. I think it's really a blessing to see like the fruit that's blossomed from your mm -hmm. life, just given making that honest commitment to the Lord and even being established and grounded in a good house of prayer church. So that's yeah. a blessing. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your faith walk? Like, was there ever a point where you wavered or doubted God? Um I've, I've really put my trust and my faith in God. I really do believe that if he said it, it will come to pass. Um, he's never failed me. Over these 31 years of living, you know, he really has protected me over the years. I have seen so much <laughs> and I really don't believe that he will start failing me now. Um, obviously, you know, there are times when the enemy will try to place doubt in all of our hearts, but we do have to put him in check and call him out and really just like literally call him out. Like, yeah. and we just have to remind ourselves of the God that we serve. We don't, we don't serve a defeated God. Amen. And we have to remind ourselves of the times when, you know, he came through for us. Yeah. Like literally there's never been a time when he's failed us. Yeah. So, and I just have to, you know, take courage in that. Um, but Honestly, like God has just been so faithful to me and yeah. he's so good. So I just get emotional sometimes thinking about him trying not to cry because he's yeah. just so good. He so. really is. Yeah. Amen. So can you name a defining moment in your life and how that experience was and how it shaped or reshaped you? 
in recent times, a defining moment um, of the modern Mrs. Bride. I would, <laughs> I would say that a defining moment would be when I married my husband and becoming Mrs. Bradley Bride. And I would say um, that would be my defining moment because it just, it happened so fast <laughs> and it happened in the span of, I would say maybe three months. Yeah. And um, I spoke briefly earlier about when my previous marriage ended like literally maybe two months later Bradley and I started like you know we started I wouldn't even call it courting we just started talking and then like a, a month or two later we got married so it happened so fast and so because it did happen so fast a lot of people like you know they didn't think it was a good idea and you know there was a lot of judgment from outside forces so it did happen fast, but I knew it was a part of my purpose. And honestly, it's been one of the best decisions that I've ever made. And, you know, we built a beautiful family and it's, that was almost like eight years ago. And if God tells you something, like just trust it and know it and you'll know in your heart. And so, yeah, that for me, that has been my defining moment, and that has shaped what my life has been for the past almost eight years. Wow. So, so you're going on, was that eight years of marriage, right? Yep. Since then, and that was such yep. a blessing. Almost. Yep. So can you share with us how you balance ministry, your educational goals, and also looking well to your home and family? Yep. So the key is to just prioritize the things that are important to you. So God comes first. So I make time for him. So I, I spend private time in worship, you know, not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays at Bible studies. You know, I serve in ministry at my church. It's important to me. So I give, you know, I pay my tithe. I give an offering. I, I want to see the ministry at my church thrive. So I do these things because it really is important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, like aside from that, even in our home on Thursdays, we have like a Bible study for our family. Mm-hmm. So we sit at, you know, the dining room table and we have each of us has a Bible and the kids, we all have Bible study because we want them to know the Lord for themselves. Yeah. You know, we want them to grow up in the Lord. And so we, we set the tone of ministry for our household. Um, so it's important to us. So we prioritize that. Um, we also you know, as far as our family goes, like my husband, you know, I prioritize him in my eyes. He is second to God because, you know, that's the vow that, yeah, (laughs) that, you know, I took before God forsaking all others. And so I prioritize him. So, you know, we entered into covenant and that's the way that I view it. And so he comes second to God and, you know, I love him and he does, he loves me too. And so we put each other first. Um, and then my children, and, and then everything comes after that, and and then school, and then everything else. But yeah, so. That's a blessing. Basically, respecting God's order for exactly. the way we should be in exactly. our daily lives. And but. as far as like children, we even do so that they feel like they're important, because we do have five kids, and you know, they can kind of get feel like they're getting lost in the shuffle, so that they feel like, you know, they're important. We do something called one-on-ones, to where we are intentional about spending one-on-one time with each kid. So we'll take them out and, you know, go for a walk or take them to, you know, 
the park or take them to the store or just, mm -hmm. you know, some small thing so that they get that one-on-one -on -one time and we can bond with each of them. Yeah. And then me and my husband, you know, we do date nights so that we get our one-on-one -on -one time. Okay. So that is kind of how just we, as important. <laughs> yeah, balance everything. So, yeah. That's the point. So what are some things that parenting has taught you? Um, parenting has taught me that children are people too and that their their feelings count and you should always let them communicate and, you know, let them talk to you and, you know, try to see what they're thinking in their little minds. And it's better to teach them and not to just yell all the time. And most importantly, it's important to cherish them at every stage because they're constantly growing and changing. And it happens in the blink of an eye. And it's, it's like this. It's like you get a newborn for maybe a few weeks. You get a baby for a few months, a toddler for a couple of years. You get a child for a few years, a preteen for a couple of years, then a teenager. And then they're grown. And then if you don't cherish those moments, you'll look back and remember, man, when they were going through all these stages, I remember being so stressed out all the time and all oh, these kids getting on my nerves. Oh, you know, I want to have memories to where I really did savor those moments yeah. and really did enjoy, you know, thinking about that stuff. That's I don't want to, you know, think back and remember, man, instead of enjoying how cute <laughs> they were at that stage, you know, I was stressed, Yeah. you know, so you really have to do your best to enjoy them, even though it is stressful. It's hard. It yeah. is hard. But try your best to enjoy them because they're not going to be small for long. So that is what parent parenting has taught me. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's time sensitive. Yes, it is. Like, so, right? It's hard. The time, but, but yeah. the times it yeah. does fly. You're like, oh my gosh, you're a teenager now? A preteen? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, it, it <laughs> flips me out. Like, I, I have a 13-year-old. Like, how? Crazy. So what are suggestions you have for the women who are aspiring to build their lives career-wise and like with family and uh, potentially marriage? Career-wise, I would say always push yourself. Never get too comfortable at your current level and keep learning so that you can level up and never be afraid to negotiate your salary. Um, family-wise, I would say take your time in creating your family. Everything is made beautiful in God's timing. And don't rush because I did like have kids really fast. <laughs> uh, marriage wise, I would say always be your husband's biggest cheerleader. Uh, when you support him and all that he does, he's going to go out and to conquer the world for, just for you. Like he will tackle a bear with his bare hands for you. If you just be his biggest cheerleader, that, that would be my advice for those three things. Yeah, that's beautiful. What do you think God values most about women as his daughters? Um, I would say God really does think that we're, um, his precious daughters, you know, the Bible does give plenty of examples of virtuous women, uh, like Ruth and Naomi, Esther, you know, there's plenty of examples yeah. and, um, yeah, he's raised up, you know, women as valuable examples for us to follow. And I really do believe that he'll raise up many more in this generation. Yeah. So that's my prayer. Absolutely. What words of encouragement would you give to the mothers and the women who are aiming to live God-honoring lives? Um, I would say as long as you are putting God first in his rightful place, um, you can't go wrong with that. So, 
everything will fall into place as long as God is in his rightful place. Yeah. Amen. I agree. Wow. Um, well, I just thank you so much for your time. Like it's been such a blessing hearing your story and everything that you have to share. And I just want to say personally, like I'm really encouraged by your life and I love like how God's glory has been so radiant over your story and like even how you defy the odds, literally, <laughs> like that's a blessing. So I appreciate you. And I just thank you for taking the time to come on my podcast and share your story. So I'm going to ask if you can close us out with a prayer and we'll conclude our episode here. Absolutely. Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this podcast. We thank you, Lord, for the listeners out there. We thank you for every heart, God, that will be touched by the word that just uh, came forth, Father. We pray, God, that... Um, Every person, God, who heard this story today, God, just would be touched, Lord. I pray, God, for the women who are aspiring, God, to have families, God, those who are aspiring, God, to um, excel in their careers, God, those, God, who need an encouraging word, Father. I pray, God, that you would minister to them, God, in the ways that they need it, Father. I pray, God, that you would just touch them, God, in a very special way, Lord. I pray, God, that um, Charmaine's podcast, God, just would be expanded, Father, that it would grow more and more and more. I pray, God, that you would send people her way, God, from all walks of life, God, that you would just touch them, Lord, and, and, and just all kind of testimonies, Father. I pray, God, that um, all of their stories, Father, would, would touch other people, Father, and that it would just grow and it would multiply, God, and that their territory would be expanded. Her territory would be expanded, Father. I thank you, God, for all that you are doing, God, in her life, Father. I thank you for the ministry that you have placed in her, Father. I thank you, God, for this podcast. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.